Dove and Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Ruschak. I'm here with Janet Kara Lesson. Welcome. Aloha. Thanks for having me on. Now, we were talking a little bit before the show started. You do a little bit of everything, but I also see you have a doctor in front of your name. I am not a doctor, although people think I'm a doctor, but my husband's the doctor. Okay. And, uh, you know, with being in lockdown here with COVID, I thought it'd be great to get my PhD, but I don't know if I'll be able to accomplish that. <laughs> <laughs> so I just Janet. You're just Janet, okay. Um, now, you're an author. You're a little bit of jack-of-all-trades, so we're going to try to break this down into sections. Let's go with your co-author of Dance of the Souls. Mm-hmm. And what is that so about? Dance of the Souls is about my um, many incarnations. I remember many of my past lives. I've met many people that I've been in other uh, relationships with in previous lives. And so, um, and anyway, this is the dance of the souls of all the of the beings that I know personally that I have interacted with, and they keep coming in and out of my life, and we switch roles. Sometimes we're parent-child or we're lovers or, you know, whatever. And yeah. so um, that's the first book of a series, and uh, I went into my past life as Nimma, and uh, so Nimma was one of my incarnations that I recovered um, some of it's like spontaneous recall, and then I will go into a hypnotherapist like my husband. Uh, I had mm-hmm. a different hypnotherapist. And so I'll, I'll have like a spontaneous, a spontaneous recall or maybe a dream, and I'll remember, oh, I was so-and-so. And then I, we flesh it out and figure out, you know, right. and it comes from your subconscious, superconscious. So apparently, now it, it really makes me kind of cringe. It's like saying you're Jesus, right? But apparently... Um, and there's a criticism in, in our society. Well, you think you are a famous person. Well, you got this is a famous person. So I like to say I'm a fractal of uh, the goddess Nima, which is an archetype of the uh, creator goddess, the one that uh, was part of our genetic uh, undercut, under, uh, makeup. Like I said, she has, we have her DNA, and it's a part of the Sumerian Anunnaki story. So I, I have some memories, and when I... I'll write up the story, more memories come through. So it's almost like I go into automatic writing. And, right. I, and I have what I remember consciously. And then I get, so once you, I opened the portal and I started this uh, dialogue with this higher self-emanation of me, Janet, and Janet's like the avatar in this current incarnation, right? So I'm alive now as Janet Lesson, But I have other incarnations. And we have also what I've discovered through this process through dreams, hypnosis, and spontaneous recall, uh, is that we simultaneously exist on many levels and many vibratory frequencies on many planets and many incarnations because time is an illusion, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it, it, everything's simultaneous. So that's why you can affect the past and the now and the future. So that's what Dance of the Soul is about. It's like I'm recovering um, the essences of who I am and piecing together all these dreams. It's a massive undertaking. So that's only book one of a three-part series, okay. uh, which and may go four or five. So, um, but I kind of... Go ahead, you three, could ask a question. Is all three books out right now or just the one? Just the first one because <laughs> I'm in 
you know, root chakra survival mode like most humans, and I have to stop and work, right? Mm-hmm. But I have it. Uh, I have the outline, and so um, one of my wishes for myself during this uh, COVID lockdown is that I can get back to writing my book uh, to finish that. So it's in the workings. I have it. Um, you know, what, 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 if you're going to write a book. That's, um, you can kind of outline where you're going to go with the chapters. So I wrote down all the chapters, which is at least three books. But I can kind of, if you want to ask me more questions or you just want me to go back. Uh, okay. Well, in, um, in I'm, I'm actually on your website. So okay. Before we got to book one of writing, what possessed you to start writing? Let's go there. Well, I... I've always been writing. Um, back when I was a young uh, teenager, I started doing, um, it was like a, writing with three people. So we were doing a Star Trek story. So we're talking about probably the early 70s. I'm 66, okay. so Star Trek came out. And I was part of the Star Trek movement to get Star Trek back on the air. And it wasn't even a movie yet, right? So we're going back in time. Mm-hmm. And so um, my my two girlfriends and I would write a chapter, and then we'd pass, and this was all longhand, right? We would ch- pass it to right. each other and then write the next chapter. So I got uh, addicted to writing back then, and I've been writing most of my life. But I formally got my first book out, I think it was in 2008 or nine. I finally got my act together, right, and got it down on paper and published it, self-published it. But my first book was about my explorations into polyamory. Um, so I started exploring alternative relationships because I kept having failed relationships. You know, in the first marriage, I got married at 16 to escape a dysfunctional family. And I, you know, I reconciled with my parents before they died, but they were, they were not the best um, people to raise a child. And I was the third of the youngest, right? So, um, in my first marriage, that husband was abusive, and he cheated on me. In the second marriage, I ended up cheating, uh, but it's still like it was abusive, mm-hmm. uh, verbally abusive. The first one was physically abusive. And I kept getting into abusive relationships where there was a lot of infidelity. And um, then I discovered after my parents died that they had been swingers and they were uh, supposed to be really religious Christian people, and so I, I had to reconcile all this in my mind, uh, like what was really going on. You know, is monogamy what we really do, or is that just what we profess to do? And then we're we're really doing this lying, cheating, sneaking. You know, and mm-hmm. and I had to look at that from another perspective. So I went into uh, therapy for years, for about twenty years, uh, trying to figure out what. What's going on with me? Some things I do in life are conscious. Some things to be, uh, some things seem to be knee-jerk responses to, you know, external stimuli. So I might, um, my boyfriend might cheat on me, and for me to console myself, I'll go have an affair or something, you know. And I was doing this conscious and unconscious stuff, and I really had to go figure out what was going on with me because I I wasn't happy. Um, I had a deep depression, and I and I kept acting out in strange and bizarre ways. So then I really learned about psychotherapy. I went into intensive therapy. And then I had all the alien abduction stuff going on as well. So 
even choosing a therapist, I had to go, okay, well, let's do the relationship part of myself that's dysfunctional. And then it wasn't until many years of doing therapy about the, you know, I was abused as a child, my mother was very abused, you know, going through all that stuff, that I finally got to um, the ET stuff because, you know, you have to find the right therapist or they'll just call you crazy. They'll blame and shame you and, and then you'll just feel like a puddle melted down and, you know, no longer able to function. So that's what I ended up doing. So the first part, first book I wrote was about, because um, I met my my third husband when I was like in my sexual prime. I was in my 40s, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and I had never had children. So on some level, my body wanted to reproduce and my subconscious wanted to reproduce because mm-hmm. we're programmed uh, from the beginning of life that we're supposed to be mothers, right? Especially right. a child of the 50s, right? Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, do you have any comments or feedback on that no, aspect? No. Before I well, continue? you mentioned aliens in there somewhere. Where does mm-hmm. this all, that all fit in? Well, when I came into uh, this body as Janet, I was Janet Lynn Thompson when I was born, I had uh, contact with, ex- with extraterrestrials and ghosts from moment one. So, and I had some higher self-recollections when I was very young. So it's like I came in and I was able to think on this um, higher level, like who we are as a soul that goes throughout time and existence. And then I was still in a baby. So I had this conflict. Uh, So at 18 months, the ETs came in and did some intervention because I was talking to my mother at this advanced level and I'm a a child, right? And it was freaking her out. And, you know, if I was in the same place, that probably would have freaked me out too. So they came and did an intervention which kind of um, babbled my communication so I wasn't speaking at that level because my mother probably would have killed me (laughs) because she thought she had given birth to the demon seed. And I know this is common throughout existence. I've, I've interviewed thousands of people. And, you know, when you're a child and you're, you're, you're doing things like, uh, way above, beyond your level, then, you know, your your parents are freaked out and, you know, part of them, they want to protect themselves and uh, they might do harm either intentionally or unintentionally. And my mother right. has we, been acting out. Right. You look at things from a mo- mother's point of view. You have a child that's acting out. They're higher intelligence than what you expect for their age group. And you don't know what's going on because now they're acting out, they're very intelligent, you see this as a parent, but at the same time they're not acting like they should be. So what do you do? You go seek doctors, medicine, pills, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it depending on <clears throat> what decade we're in is how the treatment is. Every 10 years the treatment changes for these kids. We call it autism now. Right. Right. And depending on where they're born. So if you're born into a, um, you know, a Hasidic community or an Amish community or strict Catholic or Muslim community, mm-hmm. and you're, you're exhibiting uh, telepathic abilities and you can levitate. I have, I have clients that have levitated. Um, then you're going to get either killed or shut down and shamed. And I just had a client yesterday that totally shamed from all of his indigo abilities. He was magical, but his uh, mother, father, and his sister 
just shamed him and they wanted to, you know, just keep him in a container, the human container, and this is what we're, you should do, and this is your abilities. So a lot of these children come in and they remember past lives. You know, some of them are, are telepathic. They can re- I mean, there's all kinds of abilities they come in with, but they get uh, shut down mm-hmm. really fast. And yeah, I you- expect it's happening all over the world. Of course. Um, we don't want to go against certain religious beliefs, depending on which religion you're in. So you don't want to exhibit anything that's out of the norm. Higher mm-hmm. intelligence, able to speak multiple languages without ever learning them. You don't exhibit them because it, society says don't. Right. And so since I'm a contact experiencer, the ETs came in, and I'm I'm guessing because back then I wasn't oriented around a calendar, but it was probably between a year and 18 months of age. And, and to protect me, they had to dummy me down, shut me down, because they knew my mother was going to kill me. In fact, she tried several times to kill me. Um, and so they wanted me to survive because I think a lot of us are ambassadors now coming into human form to awaken consciousness, especially here and now. I mean, there's perfection in why I came in when I came in, probably for you and everybody else. And what we need to do individually and collectively is find out our mission, why we decide to come down to planet Earth, especially to be alive in this incredible time that we're in. You know, it's just amazing what's going on. But I'm still trying to figure it out. But. Yeah, right, what's going on right now is between the end of 2019 and all of 2020, it's like what in the world is going on really? I mean, you have massive fires, you have earthquakes, you have flooding, you have major storms. Then you go into um, the virus that's going on right now. Then you have the people are saying this year's hurricane season is going to be the worst in decades. So what there is going on? There seems to be a cleansing. There seems to be a cleansing of the world which, of course, is very deleterious to those that are getting cleansed and removed. It, it, you know, we talked about the ascension for the last 20, 30 years. This may be part of the process. If you look at it from a higher perspective as souls and what we're doing with co- coming in and out of incarnation. I just I interviewed a Seth man, you know, somebody who studied with Jane Roberts, Seth. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jane Roberts says that, you know, we all, when we die, it's always intentional. There's no victims. It doesn't matter how it is. On a soul level, uh, we agree to go in and out of our incarnation. So uh, as we look at this and the potential, we, we have a mass exodus of souls. And uh, I was talking to my sister, and she said, she's in Pennsylvania. She goes, yeah, but before the virus hit, these kids were killing themselves with heroin. She said, on her, she said in Pennsylvania, in her nightly news, they give the count of how many young people died of heroin overdoses, and she said it's about five to ten people every single night. Sometimes it's more. Um, she said, we're losing all the youth of Pennsylvania. So on some level, the, the children coming in now, these young people are, are putting out a cry of desperation that this planet needs to change. It's not working for souls coming in. 
And that's what happened with the grays. The grays started to not uh, be fertile anymore and have children being born because their paradigm, their matrix wasn't working. And so souls on a level don't have to come into a, a place to be, you know, experience a lifetime. That's all by agreement. And so they just stopped coming in. And that's what happened with the Anunnaki. They stopped being fertile. So we're looking at the... Um, you know, humanity, our, our, our uh, fertility is going down. Mm-hmm. Now we have COVID-19, so these, these people are dying. And now it's not just the elderly or pre-existing. Uh, we have a, it's, it's mutating so fast, uh, there's no way that they're going to be able to create a virus because as soon as they create one, it's going to mutate. So this seems to be artificial intelligence, but, you know, it may not be artificial intelligence that came from some laboratory that, uh, you know, some human beings created. It seems almost like it's um, extraterrestrial higher intelligence because it's uh, really just survive and mutate is so rapid. I don't know what's going to happen. It's just we are living in interesting times. But our we system are. became so perverse. Let me just finish this thing and then I'll pass it back to you. Our system became so perverse. So when a system becomes so perverse, uh, I, an outside perturbation comes in to create absolute chaos and a meltdown, and then it reorganizes, the system reorganizes at a higher level. So that's what we're in. We are in absolute total chaos. <laughs> and none of us know if we're going to be alive. We wake up a day, we, never, we don't know if this might be the last day. It's really high drama. I mean, you, you look at all the movies and television shows, this is the highest high drama you could ever fabricate and and when I wake up, they say, oh, oh, that's not a dream. That's what's going on. We're in the middle of a science fiction movie. Whoa. Well, we joke every day. This is a, well, from last year, and then last year till now, we're in a cross between a Stephen King movie being directed by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yes, that's a great analogy. Whoa. I mean... We joke about it, but at the same time, when you're sitting back watching everything that's going on, I mean, it's insane. So what does the government do? They close everything down, basically, tells everyone to stay home so they can get a handle on this, and then we have protests because no one wants to stay at home. And that's absolutely insane. I mean, it's absolutely insane. You know, I, I have past life recollections of, of previous uh, pandemics. It was called the plague, right? Mm-hmm. And when the plague hit your, your little village, you stayed inside. And, uh, and then in 1918 to 1920 with the Spanish flu, everybody wore masks. When you would uh, get off the train or go on the train, mm-hmm. they were passing out masks 100 years ago. Right. So, why aren't we doing that now? I mean, they lost millions of people. I think uh, 50 million people got infected, and there were about 3 billion people alive back then. And they, I forget what the stats are. I pulled it up periodically. It's like, oh, if you, if you take that to this culture where we have, like, uh, twice the population, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have millions of people, maybe uh, maybe a billion or two or three billion uh, die well, by the time this thing runs its course. Right. Here's the Go thing. Okay, <clears throat> with, okay, going back to 1918 with the Spanish flu, they closed everything down. 
they started flattening the curve as we call it today, and then they opened everything up. What happened right within a couple weeks of opening everything up, that's when it hit the worst. Why? Because you had infected people back in the population that wasn't exhibiting signs, they didn't know they were sick, and they're back in the population. Well, isn't that what we're doing right now? I think that this is intentional genocide uh, of a certain population. And um, one of my reasons for this is about 20, 22, 23, when I first moved here at the Maui in 1997, my, uh, I, I came to a healing retreat center. My, par- my, not my parents, my husband and his ex-wife had been running a retreat center. Then they got divorced, and then I met my husband and moved in. And this guy came and said that he had been working on a secret program and uh, he said that um, when we went to grade school or, you know, started kindergarten, we mm-hmm. got our inoculation, right, our, our um, vaccine. And mm-hmm. that put the genetic markers in us, right? So that was element one. And because he said, well, look at what's going on. And they were just starting to do chemtrails because that's element two. That's a delivery system. So when the, power, the evil Illuminati or whoever you want to call them want to call the population, they just unleash uh, through the, you know, the atmosphere, um, a, it's a delivery system, an activator for the, the DNA that's within you. So say they want to take out brown, black, or Asian, or red people, or whatever they want to take out. Um, that activates, and they start getting viruses and flus, and they're, and they're not. So anyway, this seems to be uh, genocide. And I talked to George Green, and, and we're coming up on the anniversary of his death. I, I forget the exact day. It was somewhere around this date, George Green, uh, I think, no, I think it was in June, we did his final interview, and he has a website called NoHoax.com. And he had been in the meetings with the big brothers, the Kennedys and everybody in the late 60s, early 70s, about how to set up this um, new monetary system that the United States. So he created derivatives, which is what happened with the 2008 crash. Um, that was like an intentional crash to send us into chaos. So before he died, he caught cancer, and he said, oh, I'm not doing anything. I'm out of here. I want to be out of here before this, excuse my friend, shit hits the fan. He said, I know what's coming down. Back in those meetings, they, they told me, like, who was going to be the next president? And they said, we want you to work for the next president. And uh, he said, next pre- how do you know who's the next president? Aren't we going to have an election? I said, well, the, man, the guy's name is Jimmy Carter. And he said, well, well is he a Democrat or Republican? Uh, oh, he's a Democrat. He says, I'm a Republican. I'm, like, I'm never going to vote for a Democrat. It doesn't matter. We already selected. We go back and forth between the Democratic and Republican. It's just a big dance we do for humanity. And, uh, you know, so anyway, he ended up getting out of the game because they were um, trying to have sex with his 15-year-old daughter. He said, I'm out of here. So he left. And then he tried to make amends because he had created derivatives uh, which was really horrendous because, you know, millions and millions of people lost their homes mm-hmm. and they spent their, right. So he said, I'm trying to make amends. I, I wrote a series of books. I'm giving them away free. Uh, I'm doing what I can. But at that point, I had known him about three or four years, he and his wife, and he said, I'm out of here. And uh, I know it's coming. So this we've known about in the conspiracy level and we've known about it, um, you know, there were all these um, trial runs, what we would do with the pandemic. Uh, in the change of administration, there was already 
all these mock trials of what will happen if we have a pandemic and what we're supposed to do in the protocol. Now, this is, if you just look at this logically, this is intentional. I'll, this is calling upon, I don't know what we can do about it, but this is uh, genocide. And, um, you know, back to you. <laughs> it's kind of, but, you know, I'm trying to figure out what I can do, and I think talking about it, thank God we can still talk about it, right? We still have communication. They haven't shut down our internet. They haven't shut down our phone. Um, we can still talk about it. Maybe somebody out there, uh, and feel free to, to write to me. I'm um, AquarianRadio at Gmail. I spend every day trying to figure out what is the solution for this chaos, total chaos that we're in. Have you, have, do you have any ideas? I have no ideas right now. I'm actually mm-hmm. writing a, well, it started off as a journal. The girls and I that are writing the journal from January through, I think, part of March, we're going to end up making a little bit of fictional journal be, only because there's some things that are private thoughts that we don't want out there because who wants to read all of our private thoughts? But at the same time, there's, things in there that we're picking up from the media that now they're trying to bury. So it, right. we're trying to write it in a way that 10, 20 years from now, there's a conscious accountability for what's going on right now. Because and that's a wonderful thing to do. And I actually started upping my blogging um and um and i am going into my I, I was trained as a systems analyst and so i'm going into my systems analyst you know self wearing that hat and and looking at this overall system because i know there's a way we can resolve this right and so that's it's wonderful what you're doing because you're you're documenting this for future generations right that's going to be important in 20 years Not so much right now, but like I said, it's not going to be a bestseller today because who wants to read about the pandemic that we're all in? But in 20 years, our grandkids might be interested in it. Right, and especially wouldn't it be great to have this from 100 years ago, what they went through in that pandemic, if you found somebody's uh, nurse's or doctor's journal journal from 100 years ago, wouldn't that be powerful? Maybe they have some insights of what we could do about this, or at least, um, you know, the, the human story is powerful. I, mm-hmm. I, I love watching the stories even of, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago because they're all relative to here and now. You know, everybody's exactly. human experience is relative to each other's. Exactly. History repeats itself. So if we right. keep a journal, we keep a log now, Keep the, all the doctors' information, what they're seeing, what they're not seeing, what works, what doesn't work. Then in, when this comes back or something similar comes back, because it's going to happen. It's just history. Um, then they have an outline what they can do that might work. Mm-hmm. It's all about saving and- lives, right? It's all about saving lives, and and really, you know, every life is equal. It doesn't matter what avatar you're in. You're here to have an experience, and 
this is an and, and it is a murder. We're being murdered. We're being killed. <laughs> and so, our potential is to live hundreds of thousands of years. So, my research with my husband and I are um, students of Zechariah Sitchin, and we've studied all the Anunnaki stuff. And they lived to be, they were they were hundreds of thousands of years. That's our human potential because they're we are related to them genetically. They created humanity. If, if you piece together the, the Anunnaki story, the Sumerian, the uh, Bible origins, you know, Christianity came from it, mm-hmm. and so that the, so it, we have this documented history. Those those people, thousands of years ago, they had enough foresight to write it down, and here we're interpreting it. Um, our potential, uh, our lifespan potential, is in the hundreds of thousands of years, at least the tens of thousands. So we have, uh, you know, stories of our ancestors that lived these, like Noah. Noah lived to be a thousand years or something like that. And there were other people, Methuselah, all these people that lived long life. That got, we got genetically altered and dummied down. Um, and there's a whole backstory on that. We'll go into it. But, but our potential, when my friend, uh, Dr. Arbor de Grey, came and did a couple uh, workshops here in Maui, I sponsored him. Uh, he was saying that you know, he was doing working with the Human Genome Project, and they were decoding our DNA. And he said we have the potential to live right now um, about a thousand years, and within the next thousand years, we will definitely uh, reach what he called escape velocity, and we can have this um, extreme longevity, which will be basically physical immortality. And I tried to tie in the Anunnaki with him, and he said, "Oh no, 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 no! I'm doing conventional. I don't want to hear any." any stuff like that because I get sponsors and I just got to keep it mainstream and straight mm-hmm. scientists. Okay, I won't pollute your mind with it, but I was just so excited because it correlated with the ancient uh, astronaut aliens uh, information. It's like, oh my goodness. I, so I'm a systems analyst. I piece these things together. Uh, and it's very exciting when you get that because if we can get to the point where the technologies are released, I think my theory, I, I'm going to put my theories out there. I mm-hmm. might be telling you. Go ahead. But I, I think that Trump has uh, um, some kind of vaccine because he's walking around with no mask on. Now, uh, Boris Johnson was the same type of politician, um, and he got the virus, right? So he mm-hmm. basically, when he came out, he said, I thank you, nurses and doctors, you saved my life, I would be dead. And he acknowledged that. But what is it uh, that uh, Trump and everybody are just, they, they, they were standing next to each other, and we were in full pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and now uh, they're still not wearing, and he says, I get tested. Uh, I go, yeah, but you're getting exposed. You know, every every day you walk around somewhere, and if even one person has it, and you get within, you know, apparently it stays in the air, so you don't even have to have somebody breathe on you or cough on you, or mm-hmm. it stays in the air for so long. So he he's he's exposing himself, and yeah, he gets tested once a week, but he's he's still can be exposed. So there's some secret there that we're not mm-hmm. getting about why he doesn't get it, and so people are starting to, to Twitter and text it, and go, why doesn't why doesn't Trump get sick? What the hell's going on that he doesn't get sick, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, what do you think about that? It's like that's a mystery. It's an interesting take, but we're almost out of time, and I want to okay. give our listeners ways to contact you. You do have a website. Do you want to go ahead and give that to them? Yes, I have a couple. I have AquarianRadio.com. 
A-Q-U-A-R-I-A-N-Radio.com. I have EnkiSpeaks.com, which my husband and I share, E-N-K-I-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. And I'm also working on JanetCareOnLesson.com, which is J-A-N-E-T-K-I-R-A-L-E-S-S-I-N.com. And you can contact me at AquarianRadio at gmail.com. I do private sessions. I do radio. I'm not doing conferences right now, of course, uh, but I do webinars. And I'm here to connect the dots and find planetary solutions to maximize survival for everybody and to pull us into a new paradigm of higher consciousness. Because right now we're in a level zero civilization, and that's not good. We need to up-level in the Kardashian scale to at least a level one civilization, which meets all the needs of its planetary citizens, and, and we will be a space-bearing race with higher technologies because there's always solutions for all this stuff, but we have to go outside of our little matrix box, which has us all dying before we're 100 years old, to the higher level of existence and consciousness. So I'd love to uh, synergize and co-create and network, so please contact me, AquarianRadio at gmail.com. Awesome, and thank you for so much for being on the show. It was very enlightening. Thank you for inviting me, and any time I'll come back, and if you want to come on my show, let me know. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, Have much nice love day. and blessings. Thank you. Yep. Aloha. Aloha.